Hello listeners, thank you for joining me today on In Every Season podcast. Today we've got another episode coming up um, in the series of Young and Widowed. We have a very, very special guest today and that is, ta-da, myself. Uh, I've been avoiding telling my story for a number of weeks now. But um, I hope it will be helpful to those out there that hear it. And that's the reason that I'm telling it. Um, You know, it's not for any other reason. But, you know, it's because I feel led to. And because there's so many things on this journey that I I think might be helpful to people. Um, So, yeah, um, I have a new email address for um, In Every Season. So if you want to reach out and contact me um, in any way, um, please do so. So the email address is everyseasonpodcast at gmail.com. And also feel free to follow me on my Instagram handle, which is at madewonderful. So that's M-A-D, the number one, D-E-R-F-U-L. Here goes. So, um, my name is Abin today. I'm um, 32 years old. I have three children, um, ages two, four and nine. Um, I had been married for ten, it was coming up to ten years um, at the point that my husband passed away. Um, so you can imagine if you do the maths, it means that we got married really young, got married at 21. So, um, yeah, we were silly (laughs) and in love, but you know what? I wouldn't have had it any other way because I feel like we got to maximize the time that we had together. Um... And although, you know, we didn't know how things would turn out at, you know, at that point, you know, we just kind of entered it in faith and, yeah, and God brought us through. Because, I mean, like, 10 years we were married for that long, um, you know, to be married at that age as well. It's not um, an easy thing to do, but, yeah, we thank God. So the first question I always ask my guests is, how they met their spouse, their late spouse. So how I met my husband, well, I was at university, I think I was 18 at the time, yeah, 18, and um, I think I was upset about something. I lived with my auntie at that point, and I was upset about something, so I'd called her during the day, and she was like, you know what, just come and meet me, let's go and have lunch, and then, you know, from there we'll go home together. So I went to go and meet her um, at a restaurant and I actually recommended the restaurant. I had seen it, you know, on passing, going to university or going to work. And I said, oh, no, it looks like a nice place. Let's, you know, go and try it there. So we went there and then, um, you know, ordered food and we were waiting. And then my auntie looks at this guy um, serving and taking orders and she said, that looks like a kind of guy that you should date and I was thinking oh no rolling my eyes and thinking this woman has come again so um then she was like I've been below what's your number and I was like I'm not giving it to you you have it in your phone I was like I don't know I can't remember so then my auntie goes she took she took out her phone 
and um called this guy over started you know interrogating him like asking questions like what's your name how old are you you know all the different questions and he was answering but he was you know a bit apprehensive and she's like oh no 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 it's not for me and then she's like it's for my um niece here and I was just like oh my gosh I am mortified I didn't even say anything I said nothing I didn't even make any eye contact and then and she was there talking to him and she brought out her phone and she took my number from her phone and gave it to him and then I went to get us a cab, so I just kind of left. Obviously, it was an embarrassing situation. So I left, and I got the cab and picked my auntie up from the restaurant and went home. You know, didn't really interact with him at all. So when I got home, I thought, okay, you know, it's the polite thing to do um, to text him, you know, to just apologise for my auntie's craziness, so, and, you know, to be fair, he was very good looking, so it's not like I didn't notice that, but I don't think at that time in my life, like, I wanted a serious relationship or anything, I was, um, at a point that I was like, I just need to face my studies, and, you know, so I was, you know, I wasn't out there looking or anything, so I just said, okay, let me text this guy, and apologise, so I was like, I'm sorry for my auntie, she can be a bit embarrassing sometimes, and then that's just how the conversation opened, and we started talking back and forth, and, you know, got to know each other, went out, and I remember, like, I think our first date, I was just like, I'm never going to see this guy again, like, I was like, when we're done here, that is it. So we went to the cinema and it was just, oh, it just wasn't what I was expecting. And yeah, I just, I was like, no, that's it. I'm going to politely say goodbye and then I'm never going to see him again. And then I think on the bus journey home, that's when something switched. Like we, you know, he offered to see me off home so he took the bus with me and then we started talking and then we really like I just remember at that moment our hearts just connecting it was weird to say that but you know when you've written someone off and just you're like mm, that's it but when you actually just stop and talk to them and then you know he was sharing with me his you know life experiences and I was sharing with him and we just connected and really from from then on, um, yeah, we were together and, you know, I remember at the beginning it was so sweet he'd bring food for me and be like outside my window and like call me like I'm outside and then I'll go and get the food that he brought. He'd always bring like favourite dishes that I'd like and then he'd just go home, you know, just, he just came to, you know, drop off food for me and stuff, and yeah, so with time, um, we obviously grew together, and yeah, at 21, we got married, we didn't have any money in our pocket, we had nothing, but we had love and we had God, <laughs> and I guess it somehow got us through, so yeah, so that was the beginning of our journey, um, and then how my journey into widowhood started so um on the 31st of august 2018 
Um, I went to work. Um, I woke up in the morning as usual, got the kids ready. It was summer, so it was the end of summer, so just getting ready for back to school. And my sister had been helping me look after the children for the summer. My husband worked away, um, so he was away a few days and he'd be back and then vice versa. So he was away for a couple of days. I was due to see him, um, you know, in, a, I think, two days or so. Um, so, you know, he had left and I was like, OK. And then I went to work and usually on my way to work, I speak to a friend. So we talk, we laugh, we pray together. Um, but this morning I just said, you know, I don't want to speak to anybody today. Um, I just, you know, I just want that quiet, um, trip to work. And, um, I was just listening to worship music, just worshipping in the car. I got to the office and, um, we had like, um, a quarterly meeting that we have, so from 8.30 to 9.30, uh, 8.30 to 9, I think, um, we had that meeting, and I remember going back to the office and talking to my colleagues and, you know, about to put my laptop into the dock, and then I got a call from home. I was like, you know, I just left. Like, it, it must be an emergency because they wouldn't call me now. And then my sister just told me, oh, that there's police at the door, and then I was just like, what? Police? and I was just thinking of all the different things all the different reasons that the police could have been at my door and I couldn't think of one so I was puzzled I was like can you you know put them on the phone to me and then the phone um the phone cut out so I tried to call her back and I was calling back for another 10 minutes 15 minutes and I was just you know, in a panic, and I was just like, you know what, God, I I can't deal with this anymore, please let them answer the phone, I'm so worried, you know, my kids are at home, and I'm so worried, um, and then I called again, and they answered, and, you know, my sister was upset, and the police, um, were like, oh, can you give us your place of work, you know, something, you know, we need to speak to you, and I said, oh my gosh, what's happened, and they said, no, we just need to speak to you, and I said, is everybody, you know, at home okay, and they said, everybody in your home is okay, and I was like, oh my god, something has happened, so they were just like, okay, give us your workplace address, so we can um, come to you, and I said, you know what, I'm already shaking as it is. It will take you from my house 35 minutes to get to me and I won't be able to manage. Please just tell me. So I think they gave the phone to my sister whom they had already told. That's why, you know, when she heard she hung up the phone and, you know, had to put herself together. Um, so, yeah, then my sister told me you know, um, he's been involved in a car accident, a fatal car accident. I think I just stopped. I started screaming, 
screaming like I, I work in an office with a good few hundred people and I was in a really big meeting room and everybody in the building heard me I screamed I screamed and I just dropped the f- phone to the ground and I am um, I, I couldn't say anything I didn't have any words when people came up to find out what the problem was you know, I was just like rocking back and forth, just like, oh, my husband, I want my husband. And, um, you know, the people that I work with, the facilities and stuff, and my boss and my colleagues, they came and they had to take my phone from me and find out what the problem was and everything. So, yeah, um after that episode of screaming and then you know that just like I said I was rocking back and forth like my husband I need my husband my husband and after a while I just stopped and I think I just stopped talking for a number of hours like I was just watching even when the police finally got to me I was just looking like okay Like, I didn't understand. I was just like, okay, you know, all right. Like, I didn't believe them. Like, I was just like, no, 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 it's it's a mistake. Um, No. And then I, you know, started calling, you know, my family members. Um, My stepdad, I was like, oh, um, you know, go and check, you know, that he's not here. Go and check. And they had already heard uh, probably before me, so, you know, they were crying, you know, on the phone, and I was just like, stop crying, like, go and check that, you know, he's not here, or did he, you know, fall asleep here, or, you know, but, um, yeah, so, that was a day that thrust me into the journey of widowhood, I mean, I couldn't have predicted or expected it but I know like coming home that day um thinking what my life has changed like I I remember coming home so you know I'd have to I'd had to, I I had to go and see, you know, my husband and, you know, the police in the hospital and everything where they'd taken me. So when I came back home, you know, there was family and friends at the house and I think I just went up to bed and, you know, I remember the faces that I saw at the foot of my bed. So my pastor, uh, my church family my um, parents, my friends, family, just sitting at the foot of my bed, you know, looking at me, me looking at them, and, you know, I had this picture by my bedside of um, a wedding that we had gone to together, I think the week, the weekend before, Um, and I remember at that wedding, my husband was like, he saw a photographer taking pictures and he actually chased him down. He's like, take a picture of me and my wife, you know, and we took that picture and 
um, yeah, when we got home from the wedding, I left the the picture in the car for a couple of days, and then, you know, I brought it out, and I was like, oh, you're not, you know, my husband won't be happy about me leaving this picture in the car, so I had it by, you know, the bedside and everything, and, um, yeah, that was the last picture of us taken together, um, So what did it feel like in the initial days? Oh, my goodness. Like, a year later, um, I can only say that I just, I didn't die of a broken heart. And I didn't die of sadness. But the feelings were so intense. I mean, like. I just thought my life was over and then it wasn't even a feeling of okay my life is over it was just like I just I don't want to like oh it was like the 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 ground underneath me just fell fell in like all my hopes all my dreams had died and it's not that I have my hopes and dreams in a person but you have to remember that we were married for 10 years so there's things that we have built things that we have sacrificed um so that it would be good later so that we could reap the benefits of our labor later down the line um and even just that companionship imagine being with somebody for i think over it would be 12 years or 13 years and then all of a sudden they're not there anymore you don't get to touch them you don't get to feel them so like my husband was very like um very like caring and loving towards me and I remember you know when we crossed the roads he would always hold my hand and I remember a few weeks after um I had to go out and do some things um and uh a friend of ours from church took me in his car and when we got out of the car I just instinctively, like, reached out for that hand to be held, but there was nobody there. And then I thought, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's not there anymore. My husband's not here anymore. And then in regards to the kids, like, my son, who is eight at the time, you know, I'll never forget his reaction. He just started crying, like, when I told him. And, you know, every night they used to cry. And when we go to bed, when they go to bed, and it was horrible. I used to think, oh, God, you know, okay, maybe if I could possibly deal with this. But what about these poor children? And it was hard and it was dark. And even thinking about, you know, that season, it's fresh point. It's just, it's a blur, but it's not a blur. Like I can feel the emotions, all the raw emotions that came with it. All the hard stuff, um, all the, the sadness, all the... 
oh, the hopelessness. I don't think in my life I've ever felt hopeless. Like, stuff has happened in life and I've felt hopeless for a period. But, you know, I I would kind of, okay, you know, think of, okay, do this or whatever. Or, you know, it can be good or whatever. But this was the first time in my life that I actually felt hopeless. Like, I actually thought, that is it. I'm finished. My life is over. Um, yeah, but um, in that, what I remember was that God was so faithful, even when I didn't want to speak to him or when I didn't have any words to say. Because, you know, when something like that happens... I didn't pray, I didn't pray for a number of months, like, and even the prayer was, like, crying, crying, um, lamentation, um, it still is sometimes, but, yeah, it's, yeah, so God was so faithful, he sent people from everywhere, he, you know, the church family, church families stood up for me, really, really, people in the community, um, just supported me in various different ways, like when, you know, I couldn't get out of bed, people would come and clean and, and bring meals and check on me and come and play with the children and, you know, even with that, you know, lifted me up in prayer as well um yeah it was it was amazing and it was such a humbling feeling to know that you know people have taken the time out of their lives to to help me or to think of me but you know as time starts to go um people have to leave you you know they have to go back to work and they have to go back to normality and even for you like you have to get some sort of normality. So after the first few months, um, you know, me with the children alone, getting back into a routine. So what it would look like is I would drop them to school or preschool and I would come home and, you know, just fall apart, really. Um, yeah, there were days that, you know, I wouldn't shower for days on end. There was just, there was just no light for me. Um, but even in that, God was still faithful. Like, I remember particularly a day where it was that I took the kids to school, came home to cry and... There, I was thinking, oh gosh, the kids are going to eat. What can I get for them? Um, I need some chicken to make. And then, not more than an hour later, I hear a ring at the doorbell. And there's this older lady. And she just says, oh, I just felt that, you know, Maybe I need to, to bring you some chicken or I hope it will be helpful. Like, she didn't bring anything else. She brought chicken. And I had said that in my mind and I was just like, wow. You know, I was like, God, thank you. 
I was angry. Uh, but I was still like, you know, okay, God, I see, I see what you're doing. There was another time I think I went to um, our life group, which is um, just, you know, like Bible study in the evenings for church. And, you know, just to be able to see people and, you know, so that the church family could, you know, encourage me with the words. So they'd come and pick me up and I'd go. And like I said before, you know, my husband was very loving and kind towards me. So, you know, when we'd go out or even at home, you know, he would take off my jacket. He would, you know, help me with my shoes, you know, those gentlemanly type things. And I just thought, you know, I was so disgruntled that day. I was like, who's going to help me with my jacket? Who's going to open doors for me? Who's going to do all of those things for me, Lord? Like... Yeah, people can help with stuff, but they're not going to do all of those things. I was just angry, and this was an internal battle. And I remember when I got to life group, you know, I took off my jacket, and then, you know, we had to sit down, you know, we'll have a cup of tea, we'll share the word. And I was just like, okay, you know, go home now. And then as I was going home, and one of the gentlemen in the life group got my jacket for me, held it out so I could put my arms in it, you know, exactly what I'd been complaining about that day and you know I did that and I was like I see what you're doing but I'm still angry you know I'm still upset like I was like God I see you I know and for me now you know looking back I I it was just all God's way of showing me you know although your husband is not here I'm gonna be your husband I can use people to do things you know that you need done and really really God has shown up in that way if it is a friend he uses somebody if it is something that I need he uses somebody it is really like that daily provision so it brings me back to you know the story in the bible um of the Israelites when they were in the wilderness and when they had nothing to eat and, you know, they're complaining and God gave them, you know, manna and quail. And it was a daily thing that they would have to go and ask for daily. You know, if they took any extra, it wouldn't last till the next day. It would go bad. So in that, God has shown me in those experiences that I've had, God has shown me that, look, I will be your sustenance each day whatever it is that you need each day you're not gonna find you might not find it in one person but I will use many people and you know you will not lack in those things you will not lack in those areas and you know that's how I see that he is he's still good to me you know our last daughter was born on in September 13th um 2017 and my husband's funeral was on the 13th of September a year later 2018 and you know I look back you know when you look back to this time last year and I just you know I see I remember at that point at the funeral point I'd look back a year and I remembered you know the joy that we had holding our baby and how thankful we were to God. And then now it is, you know, a different situation where here at church celebrating 
the life that my husband had. But, you know, something just clicked in me and it wasn't at the funeral point, but, you know, some months down the line that if God was good then, you know, in all the things that we've praised God for, he was still good, he's good. So even in this situation, as painful as it is, there's still goodness. Um, You know, it's not good that you lose a loved one, no. It's not good that you lose your spouse or your children don't have a father, no. It's not good. But outside of that, like, God will still be good to us. And it doesn't mean that, you know, he doesn't love us or he doesn't care about us anymore because, you know, this bad thing has happened. And that was a journey that I had to go on in my faith to realise that because a bad thing happened to me, it doesn't mean that I'm not loved. And honestly, I still struggle with that from time to time. And God is so faithful in sending reminders, be it people, be it things, to just let me know that I am loved. And that has been such a a pillar of strength to me, just to know that I am loved by someone somewhere. Um, I am loved and, you know, by friends and family and community and my children as well, but more so, you know, when you get those surprises out of the blue, that it's just like, so you didn't forget me, Lord, I'm not here forgotten, it's not because you don't love me that this has happened to me, it's not because, you know, you want me to be miserable or see me suffer that this has happened, but you know, there's still goodness that you're showing to me and my children. So yeah, another Another occurrence that happened, I remember we were going to our pastor's wife's 50th birthday and that day, I don't know, my phone wasn't working properly, the navigation system in my car I thought was working but apparently wasn't, so we'd set the navigation um, to the address and um, I was following it. And my phone wasn't working, so I couldn't use the map also on my phone. And all of a sudden I realised, you know, we're lost. And I had the kids in the back of the car waiting to go to the party. When are we going to be there? And I was lost. I was going a different direction. And I was scared. And I was frustrated because I was like... You know, if my husband was here, this wouldn't have happened. When we go on trips, I will navigate and he will drive. And I'm doing this by myself and I'm lost and my phone is not working and I don't know what to do. And I'm lost. Like, how am I going to get here? And, you know, I was just crying. My kids had to be like, Mum, it's okay. It's all right. Mummy, calm down. I was a mess. I was just crying crying and driving but like I was so upset like if my husband was here this wouldn't have happened so like I said my phone wasn't working so I couldn't call anybody I couldn't navigate um and then when I got to I just you know tried to follow the direction to the town so this is another town that I don't know I don't know anywhere in 
So I said, okay, let me get to the town. And then maybe when I stop somewhere, I can ask at a petrol station or ask somebody on the road. So I managed to turn back around from where I was, go in the wrong direction and navigate back to that town. And when I got into that town, I was like, okay, you know, it's a straight road. So I was like driving. I was like, okay, where do I, where do I stop to ask for directions? Who do I stop to? And I was just driving and there was like a roundabout ahead. So I was like, okay, there might be a filling station ahead. And something just says, look to the left. I guess that's something was the Holy Spirit say. Look to the left. And I just looked to the left and my eyes caught the name of the place that I was actually going. And I was just like, wow, thank you God. So I just, you know, turned left and went there. And that was it. Like in a town that I don't know. And it wasn't like, you know, the places on the high street or whatever. But, you know, God saw me through there even when I was a mess, even when I didn't know where I was going. So um, I just, yeah, thought to share um, that story and yeah there's been so many so many other stories but I'm just you know at this moment a year later I'm so thankful for how God has brought me through and it hasn't been that you know God has brought me through and I'm okay and that's it there are days you know there are ups and downs there are still things that I need to work out, but there's been so much healing in this year. And when I look back to the same time last year, I thank God because I didn't die of a broken heart. Like I didn't die, but I, you know, there are still times that my heart feels like it's breaking on the inside out. But I just thank God that I'm still here and there's still purpose for me. And as time is going, I'm understanding that there is purpose for me. And even that purpose is not just only, you know, I've got my kids to live for. I do, yes. Um, You know, I'm steward to them. I'm helping them. But also there is purpose specifically for me. Like there's a plan that God has for me. Um, So, yeah. And another thing I thought it might be interesting to speak about was memories. So I remember initially, you know, all the memories that I had with my husband. I remember speaking to um, one of my um, one of my friends, um, Tokbe. I think we spoke to him on the first episode, and you know. He was husband to a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago, three years ago. And um, I remember saying to him some months after, I was like, what do I do with the memories? Like, they're 12, 13 years of memories. What do I do with them? Can, like, God just wipe them so that I don't feel this pain? But now, a year later... It's taken a process because, you know, they are, you know, some are still painful. But initially, like, when I think of those things, I will feel so sorry for myself. Like, oh my gosh, what I had, you know, I'll never have that again. I'll never have that experience again. And it will be, it was 
bitter. But now a year later, um, and I think Dayo in our last um, episode mentioned it, like that he would go back into the chats for him and his late wife just to have that feeling of how it felt like and that's exactly how it feels for me like I will just re like I'll go back in my memory to a certain point of time and I will just feel the emotions from that time and just you know embrace them and savor them you know it might end up with a tear or two or three (laughs) but you know, I'm I'm enjoying the memories. Um, I'm it's I'm savoring them. I'm keeping them close. Um. So yeah. So when I miss my husband, I look at the pictures and I savor those memories and feel them. And I remember that I had that I had that experience. It was, you know, it's it's not now, but it was. So, you know, my memories are a gift from God to be able to feel and remember and recall that experience. Um, yeah. So, again, looking back a year later, at that time, I thought my life was over and it was finished. Finished. Um, but now I see that, um, it's just in a different phase. It's in a different chapter. Um, you know, as long as I still have breath, there's still purpose for me. And, um, that gives me hope for the future. That lets me know that, you know... There's a reason for my life and, you know, as much as sometimes it feels difficult, you know, to, to deal with the things that life throws at you, I know that there's still purpose for me and, um, if I can help anybody in any way, that also helps me know that, okay, you know, it, it is fulfilling for me, so... Yeah, I'm going to round up on my story now because I don't know what else to um, talk about. But like I said, if you have any questions that you want me to answer, um, feel free to email me on everyseasonpodcast at gmail.com or on my Instagram handle at madewonderful. That's M A D. E, the number one, and F-U-L. So, um, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed um, listening to my um, story. Um, I'm glad I finally got to it. So in conclusion... um, on you know my story um for this for this episode anyway um what 
really resonates with me. I heard it somewhere and I can't remember where it said, you only have to open your eyes to see the glory of God. The glory of God is everywhere, every day, every day. The mercies are new every morning. There's always something to be thankful for. There is always something to be thankful for. Um, and that gratitude has helped me on this journey so far. Um, just be thankful. Um, and it also keeps me sensitive to the things that God is doing. So I find when you're when you don't have a spirit of gratitude, um, it's like your eyes are closed to the glory of God. Um, but when you're thankful, it just your senses open up, and you can just see other things, um, all the good. And, you know, not everything is good, but there will be good in everything. Um, so I'll just leave you with that today before I start preaching one sermon now. Um, but um, thank you for listening today. And, um, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Let me know your questions. Um, thank you. Take care. God bless.